Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today. We're going to keep things short today because I'm on vacation and vacation is an important priority, which brings us to the topic for today, resting. For the purpose of today's topic, I'm using the term resting to mean things like slowing down, unplugging, doing slow-paced things just for enjoyment. And while getting physical rest can qualify, we're not limiting the discussion to just that. If we're talking about physical rest, we're all experts on that topic. We tell patients and colleagues and friends and relatives that they need to make sure they get their bodies the proper rest. And while we may or may not be experts at taking that advice ourselves, this was already covered pretty well in the episode about sleep. But the broader topic of rest, we'll cover that today. So there's a couple aspects that I want to cover. The first one is vacations and how much or little you distance yourself from work during them. Obviously, there are lots of different ways to approach this, and I'm not necessarily advocating for any one approach, but I'm going to share how my own approach has evolved. For most of my career to date, I've been the kind of person who did at least a little work every day while on vacation. I didn't think anyone else should do that. I just had the mindset that taking care of a little bit every day would make it a little less onerous when the vacation was over. I always have a colleague watching my epic inbox, so I have the peace of mind of knowing that the urgent things are going to be seen by someone promptly, but I would still go into it every day and try and dispo the non-urgent things myself and just sort of keep tabs on what was coming in. And for email, while I'd have the out-of-office message turned on, I'd still deal with most of the emails as they came. I never felt like I was skimping on my vacations. It always just felt like a little bit of work. and. It also seemed like it was worth it for the payoff of not coming home to a mountain of undone work. I know this attitude was also heavily influenced by a mentor of mine who always did an hour of work every day on vacation for those exact reasons. But I'm also pretty sure that there were some other thoughts at play in the background that I didn't ever realize. Things like, I need to do it all myself because no one else will do things exactly how I like. And if I don't address my emails promptly, I'm not living up to my responsibilities in various leadership roles. Silly, right? If any of my coworkers want to cover their own inbox while on vacation, my advice has always been vehemently that when you're on vacation, you should stay the heck out of your EMR inbox and just let your partners take care of it. Now, email's a little bit different since no one's watching that for you. But even for that, I would say just scan it for anything truly urgent and leave everything else. But for those sneaky little reasons, I didn't think that was the right approach for me. Here's what happened, though. Over the past several years, I've been fortunate enough to go on a handful of absolutely amazing off-the-grid vacations. One was a yoga retreat on the top of a mountain in a jungle. One was hiking the Grand Canyon from rim to river and back. And one was hiking the Inca Trail, 26 miles over three mountain passes, including a 14,000-footer, all the way to Machu Picchu. For all three of those trips, I was truly off the grid for several days. No Wi-Fi, no cell service, just me and friends or family and a whole lot of nature. And guess what? 
my inbox always got handled just fine and nothing blew up because I didn't read or respond to any emails. Having this experience happen on more than one trip made me start to rethink my approach. Yes, there was a pile of work waiting for me when I got back, but while I was unplugged, I was really immersed in my time off and I was truly taking a break from work, which is the point of vacation, right? So now I'm a little more thoughtful about how much work I choose to do when I'm on vacation. Sometimes I still choose to do a lot. There are some vacations where I don't have a ton of structured activities planned and they're at familiar locations. So on those ones, I don't necessarily feel like devoting a small amount of time to work means that I'm missing out on anything. In fact, me being the introvert that I am, some of my big group vacations where I'm surrounded by people all day and night, even though they're people I love, setting aside a little time for work feels like a nice little bit of alone time and lets me recharge the introvert batteries a little bit. And some trips, like Iceland last summer, where I had cell service and Wi-Fi so I certainly could work if I wanted to, but I was doing and seeing a whole lot of once-in-a-lifetime things, I chose to do very little work because I didn't want to miss anything. But when I'm talking about resting, it's not just about doing work when you're on vacation. Another aspect of this is the things that you choose to participate in or not participate in when it's your free time. This is an area where I've actually gotten my reforming people-pleasing skills better than pre-contemplative. Example, my vacation that's just ending was a family trip in Florida that we do every year. The total number of people varies, but it's generally around 12 to 15 people. There are some activities that the group does that just don't really appeal to me, like shelling, which is combing the beach for pretty seashells. It's just not my thing. The first few years, I'd go along at least once or twice because I felt like other people would think I wasn't engaging or I'd be missing out on family time or whatever. But now I don't have any problem saying no thanks and staying home and reading a book instead. I think a lot of us introverts struggle with the distinction between being antisocial, which is definitely something we're susceptible to, or being appropriately selective about where to expend our social energy. We're going to come back to that distinction in a minute. The other aspect I wanted to talk about is similar, which is the distinction between resting and being lazy. This can be a hard one for all of us academics or for any medical professionals or any professionals for that matter. We're so used to being busy, busy, busy. Being busy can feel like part of our identity. Having time when we're not busy, it can be easy to think that there's only two speeds, busy and lazy, and there aren't any other options. I'm pretty certain that every single person listening has had a day off when they spent some time lying on the couch reading for pleasure or just sitting outside or doing any low energy thing and had a nagging thought of, I should be doing something more productive. And that thought might feel true because there are also probably some times where you've had a to-do list or a schedule of things planned and chosen not to do them. And we'd probably think of that as being lazy, right? Of course, being lazy doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing either, but I'm talking about that sense of guilt that comes when we're not being busy. Okay, so how do you tell the difference? What's the difference between being antisocial versus appropriately selective about where to spend your energy? What's the difference between resting and being lazy? To start, there are a couple of hallmarks for things that genuinely qualify as rest. First and most importantly, 
rest of any type will always be fulfilling something in your hierarchy of needs. And it should be pretty obvious what that is. If you find yourself having to do some wordsmithing or creative phrasing, it's probably not rest. Second, the net outcome for you should be positive in both the short and the long term. Third, if you planned it ahead of time, it's allowed as rest. It doesn't mean that rest always has to be planned ahead of time, but if you did, it counts. The reason for this is that plans we make ahead of time are almost always driven by long-term goals, so they're almost always in our best interests. And fourth, it's something that you truly enjoy doing. You're choosing to do this because it makes you feel good, not because you're trying to avoid something that you think will make you feel bad, or at least less good. So let's put some examples through those tenets. If I have a weekend off and I had a list of a handful of chores I really wanted to get done, and let's assume it was a reasonable length list, something very achievable and not overwhelming, but then I find myself sitting around eating Cheetos and scrolling through social media, no, that's not rest. It's not really fulfilling any needs. It might have short-term benefits, being the temporary dopamine boost, but it definitely has a net negative outcome in the long term. It wasn't planned ahead of time, and I'm not doing this for the pure enjoyment of it, but rather to avoid doing the chores, or rather how I think doing the chores is gonna make me feel, which we all know is nonsense anyway, because we know how to get our shit done and we know how to do it anyway. So that was a very easy, obvious no. Choosing to stay home and read alone instead of going shelling, that's an easy, obvious yes. It fills my need for some quiet alone time. The net outcome is all positive. I enjoy reading in the short term, and I'm recharged later to engage with my family. How about this one? I had a few things I was planning to do on a post-call day, but then I ran out of steam and decided to take a nap instead. Resting or being lazy? I hope you're all saying resting. Sleep is right there on the very bottom of that pyramid of needs. If we're not taking care of the physiologic needs, we certainly can't take care of any elements that are higher up. The net outcome is positive. In the short term, I get the sleep I need. In the long term, my physical and mental health are better for having taken care of myself. Planned ahead of time, no. In fact, it's breaking the plans. And that's okay. Because the decision to skip the chores and take a nap was based in good logic and looking out for my best interests. What about this one? Planning your Friday night at the end of a long week on service to be ordering takeout and watching TV. This one might seem a little squishy, but yeah, that's still rest. The big thing here is that you planned it ahead of time. If you're using a time management system where you've blocked off time for this activity and you've got all the other things that you need or want to get done scheduled as well, go for it. And what if you find that there are some patterns happening? You're frequently deviating from your pre-planned schedule and replacing that with resting activities instead. And I mean, truly resting activities like napping when you're post-call and you really need it. Or what if you're feeling the need to block off large chunks of time for things like the last example, the squishier kind, where it's maybe not meeting any true needs and maybe not contributing too much to the long-term wellness? 
Well, patterns like those mean it's time to take a look at your priorities and expectations for yourself and the number of commitments you've taken on and do some soul searching about the best way to restructure things so you can allocate the time you need to rest and do it ahead of time because your current schedule isn't working for you. You're either overcommitted or not managing your time as efficiently as you could, or you don't have enough focus on things that keep you well. And you know who can help you with all of this? A good coach. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you back next time. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.